Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKFIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, one day after the April 12th, 2021 trade deadline, and Montreal Canadiens fans, a lot of them, are going ballistic. They're going ballistic because Mark Bergevin this, Mark Bergevin that, Mark Bergevin didn't, uh, he didn't pull off the blockbuster deal, Mark Bergevin didn't go after Anthony Manta, Mark Bergevin didn't get Raquel, Mark Bergevin didn't get Taylor Hall, Mark Bergevin didn't get this guy, didn't get that guy, whatever, all that stuff. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, folks. Somebody has to say it, so I'm going to say it, okay? I'm the first one to tell you when the general manager makes a bad move, I'm the first one to say he made a bad move. When the general manager blows it, I'm the first one to tell you, you know what? He blew it. When the general manager deserves to be fired, I'm the first one who tells you he deserves to be fired. But now someone has to do this. Someone has to do this. Someone has to say the real things. To all the Canadians fans that are out there and are hammering Mark Bergevin, you have no idea what you're talking about. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Nothing. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. If you want to judge his body of work over nine years, that's another discussion, okay? If you think he shouldn't have been hired to begin with, that's another story. If you think he should have been fired a long time ago, that's another story. But if you're going to crap all over the guy because he didn't do on trade deadline day what you wanted him to do, I have news for you. You know what he's been doing to make this team better? Now you're going to say, yeah, well, the team was no good to begin with. That's another story, all right? The work that he did this offseason, and by the way, and in this season, and not only this offseason, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going back almost three years here. Okay, almost three years. We're a couple of months shy of three years. And I'm going to tell you what he's done in the last three years. If you take a look at the summer of 2018, he took Alex Galchenyuk, who finished the year on a fourth line, and he traded him to Arizona and he got Max Domi. Count me among those who said, I don't understand this deal. He has a team that doesn't score a lot of goals and he's trading a guy who scored 30 goals for a guy who had scored like nine or whatever it was. I was wrong. That deal turned out to be a good deal for the Montreal Canadiens because Max Domi that year picked up 72 points and was the Montreal Canadiens leading point getter. I'm going to get back to Domi in just a second, okay? But after he pulls off that deal in 2018, two weeks later, he acquires Yoel Armia from Winnipeg in return for Simon Bork. Do you know who Simon Bork is? Have you heard of him? Where is he playing? Please enlighten me. I want to know. Fast forward after that a couple of months. On the eve of the golf tournament, he trades Max Pacioretty to Vegas. And Pacioretty's done well in Vegas. There's no doubt about it. But still to this day, you would take Suzuki, you would take Tatar, and you would take the pick in exchange for Max Pacioretty. Three weeks after that, he trades Taormina and Valiev for Kulak. Okay, Kulak's a depth defenseman on the team. 
But in Sherratt's injury, you saw the way he was able to step up. He played well with Petrie. He played well with Weber. Where are Taormina and Valiev? What are they doing exactly? That's 2018. In 2019, as an unrestricted free agent, he signed Ben Sherratt. What kind of contract did he give him? Three years times three and a half million dollars. He picked up Nate Thompson for a fourth round pick. He signed Ilya Kovalchuk as an unrestricted free agent. And he traded Andrew Shaw, who was damaged goods, had one too many concussions, unfortunately for him. God bless him. He got a second round pick who ended up being Jan Mishak in 2020. And he holds a third round pick in 2021 that he still has. 2020, he acquires Marco Scandella for a fourth round pick. A month and a half later, he trades Scandella to the St. Louis Blues. He gets back the fourth pick he gave up to Buffalo. And he ends up getting a second round pick. He takes Kovalchuk, who he signed as an unrestricted free agent. He traded him for a third pick. He trades Thompson, who he had given up a fourth round pick for initially. And he ends up getting a fifth round pick for him. Jake Allen for a third round pick. And he extended him at $5.75 million over the next two years. He gives up a fifth to Carolina for Joel Edmondson and signs him to a four-year deal at $3.5 million. Max Domi, who finished the year on the fourth line with Claude Julien as coach in the playoffs and Kirk Muller as coach, he trades Max Domi and a third to Columbus for Josh Anderson, UFA to Foley, four-year contract, $4.25 million per season, UFA Corey Perry, who a lot of people thought was going to be on the taxi squad. He's turned out to be a very serviceable player, and he's great on the power play at $750,000. And in 2021, he acquires Eric Stahl for a third and a fifth. His, his better third and his better fifth he held on to. He had two second picks that he held on to. So he gave up his worst third and his worst fifth for a guy who's going to be able to play, whether it's going to be the second line or the third line or the fourth line, a guy who's captain, who was a captain before, a guy who won a Stanley Cup, a guy who's been there. He picks up John Merrill, who's a very reliable defenseman, who's going to be on the third pairing for the Canadians for a fifth round pick. And he adds an insurance policy in Gustafsson, and they may never use him, but if they do, it's only a seventh round pick. You know, last year, the Canadians lost in the playoffs to the Philadelphia Flyers honorably in six games. And a lot of people said, you know what? The Canadians can hang with the Flyers. They can hang with them. Yeah, they can hang with them. The only problem is, is that the Canadians, you know, they lack a little bit of scoring. If they can add one more scorer, you know, ideally a second goal scorer, the Canadians are going to be much better off. So you know, what does Mark Bergevin do? He recognizes that he has a weak uh, a weakness at the backup goalie position. He goes out and acquires Jake Allen, who's one of the best backup goaltenders in the National Hockey League. One of the best. I mean, he could be a starter on some teams the way he's played this year. He goes out and acquires Joel Edmondson, who has played first pairing this year, has played second player pairing this year, and is a huge plus player for the Montreal Canadiens. He convinces Romanov to come over. Romanov's with the team. And then you take a look at it. John Merrill's going to come in. He's going to end up playing, you would think, with Romanov or with Kulak on a third pairing. Huh? 
you would think. He goes out and acquires in Tyler Toffoli, a pure goal scorer who can play right wing and can play left wing. And Josh Anderson, a right winger, one of the best power forwards in the National Hockey League. Toffoli and Anderson are 1-2 on the Montreal Canadiens in goals. Perry's been great. Stahl's going to help. I, I don't understand what people want. Like, okay, uh, once again, once again, this is not about judging Mark Bergevin over nine years. This is not about whether he should have got the job in the first place. This is not about whether you would fire him. This is not about, you know, okay, well, they missed the playoffs uh, over the last couple of years and they got in by a fluke last year and all that stuff. Look, and if you want to judge it that way, this is the way I judge it, okay? Mark Bergevin had a lot of experience in the National Hockey League as an as a, as a assistant coach, as an assistant general manager, as a scout. He touched on pretty much everything. But until you're a general manager in the National Hockey League, you don't know what it is. And then above that, there's being a general manager with the Montreal Canadiens, which is a general manager times three. It's another level, another level, another level. That's what it is. And unfortunately, and some of you guys are not going to, and girls are not going to want to hear this. There was a little bit of learning on the job. There was a little bit of knowing how to handle certain situations. And there was a little bit of inexperience that kicked in and got the better of him. And he made some mistakes. And I'm not telling you to give him a five-year, you know, mulligan. But it took him about four or five years to get really comfortable with the job. And I just explained to you the body of work in the last three months, uh, three years, the last three years, minus two months. You're not satisfied with that? Okay, because they have to win in the playoffs. Okay, we're going to get to that in just a second. It's Marinaro, brought to you by my bookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. All right. So here's the deal. In professional sports, I get it. You're judged on wins and losses and whatever and what you produce and winning championships and all that stuff. Okay, I get it. And for that, you're okay. No problem. I don't have a problem with that. But you know what? Instead of giving the responsibility to the general manager all the time, every now and then you got to give the responsibility to the coach. Every now and then you got to give the responsibility to the players. And I get it. He's traded a ton of players. All right. And so then he put it on himself. He hired a coach, Michel Terrier. He relieved him of his duties four and a half years later. He replaced him by Claude Julien, the same thing. Now he brings in Dominic Ducharme a couple of months ago, who was the interim coach of this team and stuff like that. And he, uh, you know, he got rid of the goalie coach, brought a new goalie coach, got rid of the goalie coach. I understand all that stuff. But when are we going to say in Montreal now that the general manager has given his coach everything he needs? And the general manager has given the players in that locker room everything that they need. So now I get it. The Montreal Canadiens are not perfect. There's inexperience at the center ice position. I got all that, all right? And I know that this is a center ice league, right? Teams that win the Stanley Cup, they end up winning it. They're deep at center. You take a look at the St. Louis Blues when they won it with Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly and Tyler Bozak. You take a look at the Washington Capitals. And yes, they had Ovechkin, who's one of the best scoring wingers of all time. But they also had it at the center ice position. They had Kuznetsov. They had Backstrom. They had Lars Eller in the number three hole. I get all that as well. The Boston Bruins had Bergeron. They had Krejci. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks had, had Jonathan Taves. And the Los Angeles Kings had Anzi Kopitar. And they had Jeff Carter. And all that stuff, okay? So the Canadians aren't perfect. There's inexperience at the center ice position. 
Yes, it's true. They can use another puck-moving defenseman. Yes, it's true. But how many perfect teams in the National Hockey League do you know? How many? You know where the Montreal Canadiens are right now? They're the 13th, 14th best team in the National Hockey League who come playoff time, have as good a shot as anybody. Now, I'll admit, if they don't make the playoffs this year, that's a huge failure. There's no doubt. But if every member of the media agrees that Mark Bergevin's offseason was fantastic and he made some good moves in season as to what to pick up as well, then we can't just pin it on him at the end of the year. At, at some point, we're going to have to pin it on the players. Mark Bergevin put his trust in his players and there's some guys that he's been by their side and he's stuck with them through thick and thin. Carey Price is one and Shea Weber's another. Carey Price got the big contract, the 10 years, $84 million. Yes, that's not a good contract right now. And we'll get to that in a second. Shea Weber, he goes out and he makes that deal. They both have five years left on their deal. Carey Price at 10 and a half. Shea Weber at 7.85 something. Now it's up to Carey Price and Shea Weber when Price returns from injury. It's up to Carey Price to reward, to pay back Mark Bergevin and say, Mark, the confidence that you showed in me, I'm going to pay you back because I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do it better than most goaltenders do it in the National Hockey League. Now he's got the run support. You can't say now while he doesn't have the run support. He's got the run support. He's got a team that can score goals. folks. Say whatever you want. Yes, the Toronto Maple Leafs appear to be a bit stronger than the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, the Winnipeg Jets appear to be a little bit stronger than the Montreal Canadiens. But the Montreal Canadiens, uh, on Monday, right, trade deadline day, minus Carey Price, minus Ben Sherratt, minus Brendan Gallagher, minus Yoel Armia, uh, they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Any team can beat any team. And I know you don't want to hear this, but it's true. And this year, it's, it's more true than any other year. The Canadians have just as, as good a shot as any team in the North. Toronto could beat Montreal. Montreal could beat Toronto. Winnipeg could beat Montreal. Montreal could beat Winnipeg. Marinero, the sick podcast. Go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. So you know what? I had to say it. I had to vent. And I had to come to defense of Mark Bergevin. Uh, not that I have to, but I felt like I had to. Because you know what? Once again, I'm the first guy to pin it on the general manager if he drops the ball. But his body of work this offseason was fantastic. If they, you, you cannot, when the Canadians started the season... And they started off and they were amazing and won almost every game. Everyone said, Mark Bergevin is a genius. His moves were all fantastic. He should be GM of the year. Then they go into a little bit of a rut. Claude Julien gets relieved of his duties. Kirk Muller gets relieved of his duties. The Canadians are going through a tough time. And then all of a sudden, for some of you, Mark Bergevin is a bum and the players that he acquired were no good and the Canadians don't have a good team. Then all of a sudden, they pick it up again. Oh, uh, the, the players are good after all. Mark Bergevin made good moves after all. Then they had lost four of their last five before beating Toronto. Uh, Mark Bergevin's a bomb. He blew it, yada, yada, yada. Once again, on another show, 
We could talk about whether or not he should have been the guy. We could talk about whether or not he should have been relieved of his duties some time ago. We can do that on another show. But for now, for all of you whining about what he did this season, he did amazing work this season. And I'm going to take it a step further. Going back to when he traded Galchenyuk for Max Domi, which I believe, I believe was on, uh, when was it? It was uh, 2018. Uh, the date was the 16th of June. From the 16th of June, 2018, to present day, the work that Mark Bergevin has done is the work of top three work a GM has done in the National Hockey League. Make no mistake. I'm not telling you he's a top three GM in the league. I didn't say that. If you understood that, you have selective hearing or you're hearing what you want to hear. What I said was the work that he's done from June 16, 2018 to present day right now in 2021 is the work of top three work of any GM in the National Hockey League. Now, if you want to tell me at the end of the year that you want to fire him and you don't want to see out his contract, which ends a year and a half from now, so be it. That's your prerogative. You could say that. Let me ask you something. Knowing the prerequisites that are, and that whether you like it or not, and I don't want to debate this, whether you like because there's no debate, whether you like it or not, the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens has to speak French. That's just the way it is in Montreal, right? Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. That's the way it is. So now I ask you, find me another general manager in the National Hockey League, not employed, because between you and I, I don't think Julian Breezebois is going to be in any rush, any hurry to leave the Tampa Bay Lightning to apply for the Montreal Canadiens job if it's available, all right? So forget about Julian Breezebois for a second. So now, is there anyone else who speaks French that can come in and take over for Marc Bergevin and do the job that he's done, especially in the last three years? Because I'm going to tell you right now, unless he's Julien Brisebois, the guy that's going to come here after Marc Bergevin is going to be learning on the job. And you know what he's going to, what's going to happen? You're going to have to give another three, four, or five years for him to get very good at his job when you have someone right now who is very good at his job, despite the fact that you probably don't think so because they haven't had success. Now, it's up to Carey Price. It's up to Shea Weber. It's up to that leadership group. It's up to that team. For once, we have to put the onus on them instead of putting the onus on the coach, instead of putting the onus on the general manager, instead of putting the onus on the owner. You wanted them to spend to the cap. They've spent to the cap. They did everything that you wanted them to do. Are they perfect? No, they're not. Now, if Carey Price and Shea Weber don't deliver the goods, part of it is going to be on them. And ultimately, part of it one day will be on Mark Bergevin because he gave Price the contract and he acquired Weber and, and he stuck with them. But for now, folks, for now, if your only beef is that he didn't do a good enough job to improve this team in the offseason, well, then you're not being fair. Well, then you're not being fair. Come on, man. Let's put the cards on the table here. It might pain you that the Montreal Canadiens are battling for the fourth and final playoff spot in the North. It might pain you if they don't go that extra step in the playoffs this year. It might pain you if they don't go very far. 
but you can't say that Mark Bergevin didn't do the job in the offseason to make this team better. And I go back to what I said before. I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to take it a couple of steps further. We are in the last three years minus two months. I don't know of too many general managers that have done a better job of improving their team than he has. I'm going to leave you with that. Comment. If you agree, comment. If you disagree, you can listen to us on all social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at The Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. This podcast is sick. Tell all your friends. Marinero, The Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.